0: Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at Brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items.
1: craft beer friends the season seven episode 22 of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft the dog whisperer and my favorite florida man also known as drinking eagle from tampa florida mr chris mckenzie how are you doing tonight chris and of course what is in your glass i am doing really well today denny like you and i were
0: just talking about <laughs> i was fortunate enough to be able to spend the day at the beach today nice um, And, you know, funny enough that you guys joke and call me Drinking Eagle, I'm about to move to a neighborhood called Indian Hills. (laughs) Oh, you're going home. And I live on (laughs) Apache Lane or Apache Trail. It's not, uh, this is just working out. Nice. Um, But, yeah, today is good. Uh, And in my glass tonight, I'm drinking something, again, from your side of the country. Uh, It's from Freem Family Boat.
1: Oh, I love Uh, Freem.
0: Oh my gosh, every time I get a hold of this stuff or every time I can get a hold of this stuff, it's their Hellish Lager and guess what? Mm-hmm. Just like everything else they brew, it's just freaking delicious. Yeah. Um uh, this yeah. is not only is this um I mean super clear. Mm-hmm. Uh but nice and crisp, a little bit of hops in there, nothing too overwhelming, super smooth, uh really easy to drink. I mean, man, I wish I could get a hold of their stuff. Um uh, as much as possible but every time it comes up on you know our favorite beer delivery website uh, i make sure i buy some of it yeah you gotta do Um, that and tom Byrne caught hopping in real quick and his uh his comment was caca (laughs) yeah welcome (laughs) tom
1: if you're uh not working you can enjoy with enjoy this uh show with a beer in your hand if you are working then Hey, don't hope you keep listening for just hide a the beer. Bit. Yeah,
0: just hide the beer. You still do that. What about you, Denny? How are you doing today? And uh, what's in your
1: glass? I'm doing great, fantastic. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you, Chris, and have our listeners watch along with us as we record this episode where we have an exciting topic that was brought to us by one of our great listeners. But before we get to that, I am drinking a beer. I just poured this one. Looks like it might be a PLL, but it's not, it's an IPA. Mm. But what type of IPA is it? Well, guess what? Uh, This is a beer from locally, Western Collective. It's the Roka Jack Cold IPA. And we talked about cold IPA a couple episodes ago uh, because Eric Gronley asked, you know, sent us a few topics and wanted to find out about the cold IPA. And, uh, you know, it sounds like an oxymoron to him. Hey, every Mm. IPA should be cold, right? So what's the deal with this? And we did talk about that style. And Tom Byrne, right after we talked about it, said, hey, Denny, I just had a cold IPA in town at Western Collective. Western Collective is a Boise brewery. And he said, you should take, you know, keep an eye on it. And sure enough, I was going through the Albertson, local Albertson store, and I always, again, I always – Peruse the aisle, even if I don't need beer, just in case there's something there special that I want to pick up. And sure enough, this, there's a four pack of this stuck back in the back of the, of the, <laughs> the shelf. And, you know, in front of it was a, their peekaboo, whatever it, or I can't remember what peekaboo IPA or hazy IPA, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I can't remember the name of it exactly now, but, uh, and then behind it was this beer. So I grabbed it and I said, I'm buying a four pack. Because I want to find out what cold IPA really uh, is like, and I'll tell you what it's actually a pretty unique style beer that gives off a lot of um, it reminds you a lot of a lager, mm-hmm. uh, but does have a, a decent hop presence in it, and the hop presence is is done well, right? You know, we talked about some of the problems you could have if you try to add hops into the you know into a, a fermenter. Uh, and, and do dry hopping with the lager because it's at a colder temperature and the hops just don't, you know, play well uh, with it. And and I think that with this method they're using with the uh, lager yeast at, at a, uh, a higher temperature is a good alternative to give you kind of lager f- flavors with, uh, uh, with a good hop presence, too, when you put the hops in. So, uh, yeah, so it's good. I'm going to take a sip. Um, no, I can't take a sip. If I take a sip, then I can't talk. I gotta be able to talk, so I'll okay. take a sip after I I pass the pass the baton back to you. But but this is one of the beers I'm drinking. I'm also gonna be drinking a beer from your side of town or the states, oh, yeah? Cigar City Fancy Papers. Now we don't get very many Cigar City beers. Uh, we get High Lai and we get you know a few things, but but not a lot of the special stuff. And then one of the mm-hmm. beers that they started bringing over to us is uh, is their Fancy Papers. Uh, hazy IPA. Mm. Uh, so I got a can of that I'll be drinking also. And I, I want to let you know, I was, I'm always hesitant when I buy IPAs, especially from across the country sure. where it might not be fresh. So when do you think this can was canned or this
0: beer was canned on? So I would also imagine that that beer may have been brewed in Boulder, Colorado,
1: too. Oh, good point. Okay, so that's even worse if... Uh... <laughs> If that's the case, yeah, it's but even worse. but you're right. Means, it you, means it, it, it's closer. It, it is closer, but uh, but I'll just tell you, you know, it's it's six I'm, months old. Oh, yeah, it was it was canned November of 2020. Oh, so I didn't find the because on on the cartons, mm-hmm. I figured out that they print it on the inside of the flaps. You can't see what right. it is from the outside. So I so found it should out be they, on the bottom of the can, too. And it's on the bottom of the can. So I, I couldn't find it on the outside of the box. I said, I'll take a chance on it, you know, see how it is. And then when I, I poured it and drank it without looking at the date, and I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty good beer. Mm. And I didn't even look at <clears> the date. I'm like, this is not bad. You know, it's not it's not the best hazy IPA I ever had. But as far as a, a beer that might have come from Florida or Colorado, it wasn't the worst hazy I've had, and I actually enjoyed it, and Sarah enjoyed it. We drank two cans of it. We enjoyed it so much. And then I looked in the bottom of it and I said, wow, for six months old, this actually holds up pretty well. It's kind of like mm. Sierra Nevada's hazy, right? Uh, that beer can have a pretty decent shelf life and still taste good. And I think the same thing with the Cigar City Fancy Papers. It's The shelf life is actually higher than most uh, hazy IPs would be if uh, if it was something other... Type yeah. of brewed, So, what do you think Which about
0: is, that? So, it, it, it interests me because you mentioned that um, the cigar, uh, Sierra Nevada, the hazy little thing, is that what you were mentioning? Is that what you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, hazy little thing. Yeah. So, it, that's one of those beers that um, the guys on the Fermented Reality Beer Cast always talk about picking up at the gas
1: station. Yeah. Yeah. Gas station and, beer.
0: <laughs> and you and I probably immediately go into this whole gas station IPAs. No way. <laughs> No way, right? (laughs) Now, now, granted, I would have to say kind of our experience in the craft beer world uh, may differ with with, uh, a couple of those guys. Um, I'd be curious because remember, Dan said that the guy at the store buys those cases just for Dan. Oh, really? uh...
1: (laughs) So Dan's the only
0: one that drinks that. Maybe, but I mean, that's what we were talking about on our last episode was, you know, he said, yeah, he buys it for us. Like, we're the only people that buy this. And I'm sure someone does occasionally, too. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I wouldn't imagine anybody's going in there going, okay, natty light, <laughs> uh, hazy little thing. Let's give that a whirl, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you never know. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it kind of, I would look at that and I'd go, oof, if I've never tried it, let's give it a whirl. And um, actually, one of the beers of my new and noteworthy, which kind of falls into our whole topic of the evening, mm-hmm is a beer that I had that I wasn't really too fond of when I first had it. Okay. And we'll talk about that a little bit more.
1: All right. Well, you know what, Chris, let's get in to the meat of the show. But like I always like to do, I, in case we have anyone new listening to this podcast, I want to explain what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 178, we're recording on Monday, May 17th, 2021. And in this episode, we will discuss why IPAs are so popular. And like I mentioned earlier, this topic was brought to us by one of our listeners, Jeff Seiler. He has a lot of different different little uh, ideas of what we could talk about, you know, little short little uh, phrases. And mm-hmm. I found a few I wanted to try to get into this one episode, I and I decided that this is a big enough question that we don't need to talk about anything else because there's a lot of stuff that goes into why IPAs are such a popular style in America. Uh, going yeah. all the way back, you know, to 2016 or so, maybe even before 16, but probably 16, 13, 16, uh, you know, this has been a, well, maybe I'll say 16. It's been a very popular style with all new people coming into craft beer they know what an IPA is, and they mm-hmm. go and they go for it. Why is that? We want to find out why IPA is so popular. So, My, my buddy Bill said,
0: Wawa has a great selection, which is the gas station yeah? uh, place near us. Okay. A great selection of IPAs? Uh, admittedly, you know what? He's not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. I, I have definitely been uh, to a, a Wawa gas station and have walked in there and have been like, wow, they – They've got a, actually, and it's a lot, there's definitely a lot of IPAs in there, so mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned. Um, but there's definitely been time when I go in there and I'm like, okay, you could grab a, you know, a 20-ounce can of Budweiser or you could get this, uh, you know, whatever else is in there. And then there's all these little craft options from from local mm-hmm. uh, local craft options, which um,
1: if, if I knew they were fresh, I'd, I might drink them. Yeah, I really would. Well, just look in the can, bottom and see if it is fresh. Maybe it is. Yeah. Or maybe it's six months old, but still good. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, and also, too, if anybody ever got a hold of... Uh, Wawa actually did a collaboration with a coffee company and a brewery. Yeah, they do have lots of dogfish stuff there, too, Bill. <laughs> um, they did a collaboration with a brewery that Wawa did, where Wawa has fairly good coffee. And uh, they used their coffee in a... Uh, I think it was just a regular stout, or it might have been an imperial stout called Snowbird, okay. which is what we call people that come down to Florida mm-hmm. every year, and uh, and it was actually a really good beer. It was they sold it in four packs for I don't know sixteen seventeen bucks. Oh wow! And, and uh, picked it up on just hey look, it's part of our job, Denny. We. <laughs> we We get paid very poorly for it as far as financially. But, Mm -hmm. hey, look, the experiences and the fun and the people just make it that much better. That's right.
1: That's right. Um, Okay. Well, you know what? As you can tell, Chris and I can have some great conversation. And uh, that's what you can expect from us as we go through this episode. So, Chris, wait. Uh, Let's talk about our Patreon supporters. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. I was was going to switch things up just to keep it fresh. And then oh, okay. I, I, did, I ran out of time. So the outline doesn't say how my mind said I had it laid out. But it's okay. Let's go on to our <laughs> Patreon support. This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen and William Schlimmer, who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Kirk Tabor who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. Okay, so... Let's get into some feedback from our last episode. Now, to recap, in case people haven't don't remember what we talked about, we talked about Black IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that conversation, the Black IPA and the topic, it came up with the bad naming of a black and an IPA, meaning pale ale. It's an oxymoron. And then we had, you know, other people originally you know, wanted to change the name to Cascadian Dark Ale and how dumb that was. And then I carried on after that topic and talked about a little bit of a rant. About maybe we should think about breweries should think about being more consumer friendly to people that aren't familiar with beer that might understand things in a different way, like you know just making it more simpler. And so I went on a little bit of a rant. Now I'm not on a crusade necessarily to change it. Mm-hmm. I would just like to see breweries step away from traditional style categorizing and and maybe go to something that's a little bit easier. And yeah, can it get crazy? And can you end up having Beer, you know, beer styles that are just on a can that have fifteen words. Of course, you can, but you know what? Hmm. You already have that on cans of beer. That now they say it's a it's a New England hazy double IPA uh, <laughs> with these three hops and this whatever you know. They it, it, it already have a lot of descriptors on there, so um, yeah, you're not going to stop breweries from doing that no matter what. But I just thought yeah, it might be easy. Well, guess what? Not everyone agreed with me. Mm. And our old buddy John Ream decided to write Chris and I a little email rant one morning. Or not email, but a, a text text uh message thinking that then he's gone crazy. Bonkers is the word he used. And you know what? Maybe I am bonkers, but um I just uh I just thought it was funny that John sees no reason whatsoever uh, you know, to to change it and you know yeah, that's okay. Everyone has their own opinions. Uh, i just think that with the way that things are going with beer judging and, and competition and stuff and people are entering all kinds of styles that aren't really the style that they're entering it in just to be recognized uh, it really means nothing then right if you hmm. if, if you're brewing a if you're brewing a beer that's through these style guidelines that are said this is a style it should be yet it's brewed a different way that would normally be con- you know considered that way and, and getting credit for it you know i don't want to I don't want a cream ale that's a, that's a hellas lager, right? Hellas lager shouldn't be winning cream ale competitions. That's a you know, it's a complete different beer. <laughs> it depends on well,
0: look, it just depends on how you brew it. If you know, if you brew it and it's not lining up with the style guidelines, well you just enter it into a new category. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the other thing that, that's frustrating me is that everything is called IPA. I've listened yeah. to so many podcasts talk about brewers that said, you know what? Um, I you know, they they feel forced to put an IPA on there somewhere. No matter what, how stupid it looks, whether it's cold IPA or black New England IPA or whatever it is, right? They make a beer. If they don't have IPA on it, then it's not going to sell because mm-hmm. people want IPAs. So it's a pale ale and then, and people are like, well, I don't want a pale ale, but I'll drink this session IPA. Then they'll call it a session IPA instead of a pale ale, you know, it, it just uh, or, or other styles. Like there's even been more Bizarre ones that, that they go all the way off, you know, that's a totally different beer and they just add IPA and people say, oh, this is great, even though it's nothing like an IPA. Uh, I don't know. I, I get tired of that. I want to see people just appreciate beer for the, what they want. If they want hoppy beers, they can go order a hoppy beer and they know they're going to get something that's going to be, you know, high in, in bitterness. If they want a high alcohol beer just and it's hoppy, hey, just say, I want a strong hoppy ale. And that's what they get.
0: Yeah, It's always nice to keep things simple, yeah. but, you know, yeah. but that's okay. I definitely get it. Yeah. It's okay, but, but
1: he was the only one that complained, so I guess other people didn't, you know, I thought I'd have more people that were uh, calling me out on it, but no one wrote in but, but John. That's, that's also John's job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, we also had a comment from Kyle Lilly. Uh, he, he went off, or he went and, and wanted to give his input on the naming for Black IPA. He thinks mm-hmm. it should be India Black Ale. Okay, but... Uh, I mean, again, the India name—it's not really going to India, right? No. <laughs> but hey, India Black Blackell. If people understand that uh, IPA is India Pale Ale and they like IPAs, then maybe India Blackell is, you know, works too. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. And, and he also says he loves my ranch. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then uh, one last feedback I'll give here from Matt Knight. Um, he on Twitter he posted. A picture of a can of beer from 42 <laughs> North called Hop- Hopography Series Number Six. And this style that is in this Hopography num- Series Number Six beer is a black New England IPA. And he asked, Have you ever heard of such a style? Now, me personally, I've never heard of a black New England IPA. Have you heard of a black <laughs> New England IPA? Um, no. Okay. Because, I mean,
0: normally. <sighs> Is Wouldn't it have to be hazy?
1: Yeah, yeah. How do you know it's hazy? Because you can't, well, see, then, you can't see through it.
0: This is starting to sound like a math question. <laughs> if uh, if New England IPAs are hazy and black IPAs or Cascadian dark ales are dark, couldn't a black IPA be also a black New England IPA all at the same time? Yeah, the answer yeah. is
1: six. Yeah, that uh, yeah. <laughs> is That's right. That's a math question. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I've never, I I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I, I don't know. Again, New England IPA, as long as it has a citrus backbone to the hops, and it's, mm-hmm. cre- it's got that smooth body, uh, soft hop mm-hmm. character, um, and it's black, that's fine. I don't know if just the fact it's black or if it also has roasty notes, how that plays into it right it becomes more like a black ipa but it's new england style so maybe it's so using piney it's using mm. uh citrus hops maybe yeah i mean yeah. That, that's possible as my favorite
0: saying goes denny only one way to find out
1: that's right try it so hopefully matt drank it last night and he, he'll be on the uh we'll be talking here in a few minutes but before i get on to uh your segment chris and we maybe learn from matt how this beer is uh, if you would like to contact the show, we we really enjoy having feedback and listener questions and just interacting with our listeners. So just write us an email. You can do that very easily. Just send it to tapthecraft at We also like to interact on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at tapthecraft. And, of course, follow us on Facebook. We have a lot of people watching us live right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can... Interact with us on Facebook and, and see some articles we're posting and see a lot more you know, stuff going on. And, of course, watch this video if you if you want to see us live uh, at Facebook.com slash craft. And, of course, we do have our own webpage at taptocraft.com All right, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped. Certainly we'll get into that. But you oh. mentioned all the
0: all the comments from our social media right now, (laughs) Jeff Seiler said that there's a BP gas station outside, or I'm sorry, in Silva, North Carolina has an amazing beer selection. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Silva is right outside of Asheville. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And then my buddy, Bill McElwain said, um, he's also trying his first, uh, you're my boy blue, which is from brew bus right here in Tampa. So um, Tom Burns says, "Let's collab on a hazy brute Cascadian Indian black lager." Oh my gosh! I he just I don't know what to say about that. That's uh, yes, crazy. You should say yes, yeah. right? Just, look. If you don't like that <laughs> that specific one, Denny, try another. Try another try one. Another it, might, it
1: might work with me. But, yeah, that one, <laughs> it's got a lot. I mean, that collab would be great because it's got a lot of things I enjoy in beer. Uh-huh. I just don't know if I want to enjoy it all together. It might just be a little too much. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's get
0: into this uh let's get into our uh, Untapped the Craft guys remember if you want to be featured on our Untapped the Craft segment make sure you're following me on Untapped at MCK1345 and uh we'll read your check-ins. If you check in within 24 hours uh, of our recording so speaking of mr matt knight uh guess what oh. he's drinking a hopography series 006 by 42 north brewing company that's the exact beer that you were just talking yes. about okay, Danny. So, so matt writes a lot of flavors here malty hoppy pine and some hints of coffee and chocolate flavors are well balanced without too much of one flavor smacking you in the face different but good can says it's a black New England IPA. He gave it four and a quarter caps for that beer. Oh, so. he, well, he liked it. Yeah, uh, and it does. There's a picture on uh on on Untapped. It, it says Black New England
1: IPA. Yeah, it looks yeah. hazy AF. If you want to look at it. That way. <laughs> but uh, um, but he said again. He said it was it was piney. Mm-hmm. and he said um the, the chocolate roasting notes so right. i can i can maybe take some roasting notes but i really it really has to be more citrusy or at least tropical yeah i mean some some other flavor than pine uh to make it new england style yeah yeah um tom Byrne also mentioned
0: hey that that hazy brute cascadian indian <laughs> black lager they also have to have a barrel aged <laughs> variant of it as well and uh, of course of course uh, get some coffee variants get some you know fruit variants we're i'm with you tom yeah. let's, let's see what yeah. we can put together um so guys we had a ton of check-ins i don't know if everybody's just mm, drinking heavy having a great having a great sunday into monday but um we'll get into the the, uh, the The best of the best. Kevin Page is drinking a Caribbean Love Tap by Arcane Ale Works, and he said yesterday, Jen couldn't finish her pour. Works for me. Uh, Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, Next on the list, I want to read this one because I don't hear his name too often. Buck Buchanan is drinking a 30A Beach Blonde Ale by the Grayton Beer Company, um, which... Wait, where is my button? There, I needed to check that button. Um, by the Great and Beer Company, he gave it three and three quarter caps for this beer. Um, but in his picture, there are palm trees. In that picture, Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Mm. We're stuck in you a little bit, Buck. So, so, so he's on uh, vacation. Good. I hope he's enjoying vacation. Yeah, good slinging beer for so long you got to take a break (laughs) that's what we did today um let's see moving on to the next one kevin page is drinking a fatter clouds by arcane aleworks can't say it dethrones its baby brother he says but it's damn fine and only the slightest hint of maltiness on the back end four and a half caps for that beer um let's see going up the list going up the will d is drinking a void shaker I haven't read this brewery in a long time either, by Funky Buddha. Brewery.
1: Oh, oh, wow. They fell out of favor with you. Extremely. A
0: while while Uh, back. (laughs) Four caps. uh, He just writes simply, well played. Uh, Their void shaker, if I remember correctly, is an imperial stout that they do a barrel aged treatment of. Uh, A Russian imperial stout. Mm. It doesn't say it's um, barrel-aged, but a Russian imperial stout. Uh, gets about a four cap rating is what he rated it. Um, I got a few check ins from the gnarly gnome. Yeah. Um, no, no ratings, so uh, right? No ratings, yeah. right? Just, and and it's just a copy paste. He's just catching up from this weekend. I'm bad at checking things in, um, but checking in from nostalgia brewing, two tones brewing, antiques on high is a, I would imagine, a store, uh, land grant brewing. So he's got it in a few places uh, that he's been checking in. Some brew dog beer. Uh, Taffs Brewing Company, so you've got a few mm-hmm. things in there. Jeff Seiler is drinking a Gumball Head, oh by yeah, sweet Floyd's That's a Brewing good one. Company, I like that one. Oh, yeah, and he wrote that this was a bucket list beer and it's delicious, mm-hmm. yeah. light, mildly sweet and citrusy with a light bitter finish. I have a new favorite wheat beer, thanks, Marlo, four and a quarter <laughs> caps for that beer, yeah, and of course, as always, Jeff will always, he seems to drink out of everything out uh, of B-Jup? his wheat cups, so good for him. Um Continuing his check-in streak for the 6,000th show in a row, uh, Chad Lamasa is drinking a La, uh, La Misma Vaca. Something about a cow. Uh, La Misma Vaca by Saints Row Brewing. Another weekend brewery visit. Another Crowler pickup. Nice nutty brown ale with some notes of vanilla and chocolate. Four and a half cap rating for that beer. Um, checking out Saints Row Brewing. Mm. Chad, where's that? Um, let's see some burial beer being checked in by mike allen mike's oh. uh mike's been in the asheville area if i remember correctly yeah, yeah, he, he. um he had uh, the metallic vessels 2021 by burial the coffee is subtle at first but it blends nicely with the dark rich malty backbone mikey likey four <laughs> and a quarter caps for that beer uh, moving on up the list, let's see. We had a ton of them in here. Eric gronley drinking a Honeybird Blonde Ale by Flyway Brewing. It's rounded and very smooth. The honey floral sweetness up front is tasty, and there's a nice crisp finish. True to style and well done. Four cap rating for that one. Uh, Got to read this one too. <laughs> Jeff Seiler drinking a Drinking Lunch by main oh, Beer yeah. Company. What hey, do you rate that one? Four and a half caps. Oh, nice. And well-deserved. Got this on draft. Love this beer. Old-school deliciousness. Piney and fruity. Yeah, I love that beer, too. He said, with a yummy, bitter finish. Four and a half caps on that one. Uh, Good for you, Jeff. Looks like he got that in a 32-ounce growler, if I'm seeing that picture correctly. Nice. So, good for him. Uh, Ryan Whedon is drinking a Pampered Palette Juicy Triple IPA. I used to work at a restaurant called the Pampered Palette um, in Maryland. Uh didn't last very long and they, <laughs> it's four cap rating on this one no notes uh but this is by the o'connor brewing company and then will scroll on up some more chew your beer or you know robert as we actually know him but chew your beer oh i'm excited to see that you got some of this he's drinking that ipa show by three sons brewing company which is right here in the state of florida oh really um yeah, Three Suns is down towards the Miami area, which is kind of cool to see that he's getting it all the way out there somehow. Probably trading, but yeah. hey, who knows. Uh, what a hazy should be, 100%, four and three-quarter caps for this beer. He said he purchased it at a place called The Bottle Shop, so I don't oh, know. Wow. Uh, I mean, that, that'd that be kind of cool. That's some good that's dis-
1: distribution right there. <laughs> seriously, seriously, California? Uh,
0: <laughs> maybe he just picked it. Maybe just, you know, like I do, because the last check-in I had today was at a nude beach. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, Silma, <laughs> uh, the bottle shop is located in Silmar, California, so I don't know how accurate that is. That's where hey. he lives. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Um, Stephen Brown is drinking a... Something from Corporate Ladder. Mm. Uh, what's that stand for? GF Banana Beach. What's GF stand for? Gluten-free
1: i don't know (laughs) really i don't think think he'd be making gluten-free beers is he i don't think so Hmm. oh it
0: is it's a gluten-free sour go back gluten-free sour with banana and peaches check that out steven rated this five caps for a gluten-free beer there you go way to go corporate ladder damn damn blake um but yeah checking in uh thanks steven for that check-in um steven
1: also just inspected my house a couple weeks ago. Nice. <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute you got you got the inspector of your house to join us on the uh on untapped and and this... look we we've been talking about steven for a
0: very long time oh. he just happens to own a home inspection company oh okay and okay. not only did I pay him in monies? I also paid him with some Jackie
1: O's beer. Too. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. A little beer trading.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and you know, when I can get good advice on homes and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean it helps. All right. Uh, moving along, <laughs> Chad Lamasa is drinking in a, I like this, Chad. This is cool. Uh he's drinking a cicada mm. by True Respite Brewing Company. Now, Denny, do you guys do you guys have the cicada thing going on around you?
1: No, we don't have cicadas here. We have the Mormon crickets that come every seven years or whatever. And they okay. were here they were here last year, so I think we're safe. Hmm. So
0: yeah, I think we're um we're starting to see some of them around here too. Not really anything bad. Uh, I can remember the last time that they showed up in Maryland mm-hmm. uh, you know, seventeen years ago. I remember going driving in the parking lot of a nearby mall mm. and it looked like just TV static. You remember the black and white TV mm-hmm, static? Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like around the parking lot lights. It just yeah. looked
1: like TV static. It was insane. Um Yeah, we but we, so we had a so in 1981, I think it was, when I was living in Albuquerque, New, New Mexico, uh we, they had a cicada swarm come through at that time. So I remember you know how rough it, lo- it was, like you said. It yeah. looks like just you just see all these oh my goodness flickering.
0: And granted, I, you know, from us specifically, uh Tara Carlson said that cicadas avoid southern Maryland. Oh, oh hey, good for you. I wish they'd avoid central Florida. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't remember them really causing any issue. Like they just, they were here. They were in annoying because they, they were yeah. everywhere. They make a
1: mess. And then the cleanup uh, afterwards was a pain. I remember okay. like mowing them up in the grass <laughs> and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah that's that's free fertilizer I, I don't want to hear it
0: um he said he wanted to just check in again to share the cool can art by the awesome spicy mustard designs which i'm not familiar with those guys um uh, but they're the ones that do a lot of true respite's artwork and true respite does some pretty cool artwork i have uh, i think two of their labels on magnets stuck to my mm. beer fridge right now so they do some really cool stuff um moving on up the list matt strong speaking of northern maryland matt strong is drinking a hippie trap by union craft brewing uh he gave that four and a quarter caps matt is the owner of sit means sit in uh northern baltimore so right by you chad if you need your dog trained um (laughs) there's a couple of check-ins from me and we're gonna talk about my beers here in a little bit keep on scrolling tara carlson is drinking a lost in the mist by idiom brewing company some days you just need a double ipa today is that day what's it say on the bottom
1: it says uh canned 11 2020 uh pinkies out for fancy paper. pinkies, pa- pinkies mm-hmm. out okay fancy papers Um, She said
0: it's a little sharp, but it has been in the fridge for a while. So Lost in the Mist from Idiom Brewing Company. Three and three quarter caps for that beer. Um, Also moving up. Florida Steve is drinking a Slam Dunkle by Tivoli Brewing Company. He's drinking that at uh, the Untapped at Home Check-In. And he wrote nice caramel notes. And I hit refresh before I stopped reading (laughs) like an idiot. Wow. What a noob. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Nice caramel notes from the malt. <laughs> Pretty easy drinking. Not bad. So I oh, so I meant to hit the refresh button, but the Facebook like bookmark is right under my uh refresh button, so it took me to Facebook. Oh, okay. That's great. Um and let's see. Two, one more from Buck. So he's got he's got two check-ins here. Uh divide and conquer. By Idle Hounds Brewing Company at the brass tap, he said, "Not a chance. It's 100 IBUs. Probably more like 45. Or this IPA is old. I don't know. My <laughs> guess, Buck, is that it's old. It's
1: probably old.
0: <laughs> if it's at the brass tap, it's probably uh, old. Just, okay, just my inside kind of information. Anyway, uh-huh. and he's also drinking a Salt Life Lager by Salt Life Beverage Company at the brass tap." Just needs a little salt and lime, he says. Four cap reading for that beer, and that was four minutes ago. So, um, and then uh, a little bit of information from Jeff Seiler. You can eat cicadas. Uh, saw some entomologists on TV who made chocolate cicada cookies. Yum.
1: No, it's too no? too crunchy for me.
0: I think. So we were talking about <laughs> chocolate and sauerkraut cupcakes the other yeah, day. Yeah, but
1: they don't have crusty wing shell things. I don't know. I don't know if I want to eat a cicada. Sorry.
0: That sounds delicious, Jeff. Let's let's give it a whirl. You go ahead and try it. If you like them, then, you know, I'll eat one. I mean, I,
1: I have eaten a chocolate grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only because it was covered in chocolate. So maybe it would be okay because if it's covered in chocolate, it's not so bad. But All right. It's not All my right. thing. I'll pass. Well, that is what everybody is drinking today, Danny. Well, that was quite a list, Chris. Uh, I think we spent like 12 minutes going through that, but that's okay. We had a lot of good conversation in there too, chatting about these different uh, unique beers. Everyone's drinking. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But now it's time for the brew buzz. And the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week we discuss why IPAs are so popular. And... Again, this was brought to, us, brought to my attention as, as a, a possible topic by our great listener, Jeff Siler, who is watching us live on Facebook Live and interacting with us. And uh, it, this is one of the things he brought out. I might, At the end of the show, I might go ahead and uh, read a couple other things that we might want to get listener participation in to help us mm. with a topic. Because he has a lot of interesting ideas. But I don't know if Chris and I can pull it off alone. We might need some help. That's okay. We can always get help. Yeah, we can get help. So um I, I pretty much took all this information from two really well done articles that were spaced out a few years apart. Um the first one, and they're both from uh craftbeer.com. So it's the Brewers Association website in their mm-hmm. editorial section, the Muses, I think Beer Muses section. And the first one is why is IPA so popular? Well, that's exactly what we asked, right? And this was by Andy Sparhawk. And then he did recently just a, a month or two ago I think or maybe it was earlier in the year, he did a he kind of did a, another article based on it says why are IPAs still so popular. And again by Andy Sparhawk. So I will have these links in the show notes where you can go and and get the uh Get the articles in full length if you want to read more about it. But we're going to talk a, a lot of content. I've intermixed the two articles to kind of flow into a, a certain um, outline of, of what we're going to talk about. So I'll, I'll list that outline right now. So there's basically four reasons why IPA is so popular. And in his article, he lists uh, another article that he – or uh, that he or he read or and talked to the um, the writer. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that that article is not available anymore, so I couldn't go and reference it directly. So a lot of the stuff here will be referencing. He'll be referencing some of the stuff that this guy said, and, and these four reasons is pretty much summarizing the four reasons that this other article gave as well. So the four reasons why IPAs are so popular: one, they taste good; two, they're advanced. In quotes. Three, they have lots of flavor. And four, science. Science! Science. (laughs) So, I thought these were great points to go through and find out exactly why people are attracted to IPA so much. So, first off, they taste good. Now, Chris, Mm. I'll go ahead and start with the first section. I'll let you go to the next section, and we'll just go back and forth, okay? So, why they taste so good. Taste and flavor it might interest you to know that they are not quite the same thing. Along with sight, smell, touch, and hearing, taste is one of our five senses. Our taste buds recognize sweet, salty, sour, umami, and bitter. Bitter is certainly a major factor when tasting an IPA, as the style employs an increased amount of hops, which can add to what is often described as evident, bracing, and even aggressive bitterness. Since everyone has slightly different tastes, What may be evident, bitterness to one craft beer drinker may be bracing to another. And I think this is a good point. Everyone Mm. has a different sensitivity to bitterness. Some, like myself, I really like bitter things. And other people, like my wife, they don't like bitter things. Although she likes IPAs, but she doesn't Mm. like, like, you know, I drink my coffee black, nothing in it. I like coffee for the flavor and the bitterness. It doesn't scare me. And I enjoy even harsher bitterness in my coffee. But my wife doesn't like coffee that is bitter. She likes her coffee that is sweet and, Mm. you know, milky and, you know, like, you know, more dainty, uh, which is fine. And everyone has, uh, you know, a different appreciation. Now, it's funny because I always give her a bad time that she only likes IPAs that are like strong West Coast. I mean, mean, she likes other IPAs, but the ones she likes the best are strong West Coast, piney, Mm. hopped bitterness and she wants that bitter finish but she doesn't like bitter beer okay Mm. i I, you know it doesn't make any sense to me but uh that's okay so that's something to keep in mind is that uh what a lot of beer drinkers especially when they first start out uh if they're not used to the bitterness that may be overwhelming for them and it's not until they get more accustomed to enjoy you know to being familiar with that bitterness that they'll be able to embrace it and and realize that it's not as overbearing as they might have once thought. And that mm. honestly, I was one of those people. I know it's hard to believe, but back in the early 90s, I enjoyed what was then um, Red Hooks ESB, Extra Special mm-hmm. Bitter. And back then it had a bitter finish. And from and coming off of being mostly a domestic lager drinker, you know, the you know the, the regular Budweiser's and Miller's and and such um, going to something as bitter was a little bit overwhelming. And at first I didn't like it, but I did appreciate the red hook because it was, it was smoother than some other things that might've been a little bit more bitter. And then I learned to appreciate that bitterness and, uh, and really enjoy IPAs as it got to the later nineties. So it only took a few years before I started really, finding beers that had a slight bitterness that I could really appreciate, and then going into the ones that that had that severe bitterness that I really was searching after. So, all right. Chris, why don't you go to the next section? All right. While taste is one of our five senses,
0: flavor is considered a synthetic taste or a synthetic sense, where a mix of stimuli come together and our brain works to recognize, record, and recount a certain flavor. Taste plays a role in flavor, but all the other senses work in cooperation to create flavor, too. Mm -hmm. When you drink an IPA, you experience a lot of different components, but your taste buds can really only tell you if what you're experiencing is sweet, bitter, sour, salty, or umami. In this case, there might be some sweet and bitter, but when the taste of an IPA is paired with the aroma and golden color, you sense flavors like grapefruit, pine, roses, etc. So... Really cool part about um, kind of flavor and utilizing senses and things like that. A lot of the flavors that we taste come specifically from our nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our olfactory senses. Mm-hmm. So uh, being able to taste things, like they said in, in that part of the article, is hey, you've got four or five fl- uh, really tastes, but when you can combine the way that your nose and your brain works, mm-hmm. You can taste a whole lot more. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, right. and that's the key, is that it's not yeah, like as as the article said, as Chris mentioned, yeah, it's more than just the tongue, right? It's mm-hmm. your nose, it's 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 a combination of both. You're getting those aromas in, stimulating those sensories, and then you're tasting it and and your tongue might get that bitterness, right? But your nose isn't gonna get the bitterness. Your nose is gonna get the other aromas that's gonna, you know, you know you have a bitter flavor, but you're going to have uh, it, it, it defined as grapefruit with the flavor, with aromas that are coming out with it, or, mm-hmm. or pine with the piney aromas coming off it. So you really need right. both. If you don't have both, you're just going to have bitter, right? You're going to tongue to say, bitter, bitter, bitter. That's not going to help me. So that's why we always say, if you really want to enjoy good quality craft beer, drink it in a glass, because when you drink it in glass... Your nose is right there in the top of that glass. While you're drinking it, your nose is taking in air and you're getting all that aroma and you're enhancing the, you know, the experience. That's what you really want to do. Yep. All right, Chris, I'm going to read the first two paragraphs. You can read the next two. Is that good? Got it. Okay. So now comes the fun part. IPAs are, quote, advanced. What does that mean? Well, let's find out what this means. While bitterness of an IPA has a lot to do with a person's individual perception, we also know that taste can change over time. Ding! Exactly. Mm. (laughs) You may not have enjoyed the first highly hopped IPA you tried, but over time, perhaps, you grew to really enjoy a bracingly bitter IPA. Or not. That's okay, too. So it's okay that you like it or not. I already told you that when I first started having bitter beer, I didn't like it. It, you know, it had to grow on me, right? She,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I'm no different than anyone else that, that tries it. Most people don't like it when they first try it. Human taste is pre-wired from the time you're born. For example, innately, we like the taste of sweet things as children, but perhaps do not like to, uh, the, to take the taste of sour or bitter flavors right away. But as we grow up, and try new things, our brain figures out that not all sour and bitter flavors are bad, such is the case with IPAs. Mm. Yeah. It's a good, a good analogy there, right? Because, I mean, that's how you're taught at a young age that something's bad, right? You put it in your mouth, it's bitter, spit it out, right? Psst, 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 you know, it's not good. Mm. Um, so as a child, you know, it, it's bred into you that bitter is bad. And this is all part of the now I can't remember if I actually wrote this in. Oh yeah, never mind. I'm not going to explain it because Chris, go ahead and explain why this is so. <laughs> <laughs> why this is so? Before I do that, I'm about to crack open a new oh, beer. Oh, what do you got?
0: This That's is a Black Panther. Uh, you know what? I wish I wish this was not a shrink wrapped label because this is definitely one I would like to uh, to keep. But this is uh, a coffee porter from Burial in uh, in Asheville, and uh, I don't know the beginning is after the end is what it's called. Oh, I've heard of that beer before. No, someone yeah, else has so. had that beer before.
1: Um, who just had that beer? I don't know, but I, have... I remember reading about it. Yeah. All right, well. no, yeah, that's okay. But while you're cracking that open, your your buddy Bill, uh, he says, mm-hmm. do you remember your first IPA? So I do remember I, I my first do. IPA. I hated it. And, um, and it wasn't at that time called an IPA. This is back in probably 98. Eight, if I remember correctly, it's when Full Cell celebrated Full Cell Brewing in Foot Foot <laughs> in Hood that River place. in Hood Hood River, Oregon. They celebrated their 10th year anniversary. Uh, I think it was 98, 99, somewhere around there. And they they brewed a beer, which I always get it wrong. I want to say extra special pale, but I think it was uh, I think it I think it was called. I don't know. I always get the name right, but extra special pale. Basically what it was was a pale ale that was highly hopped. And again, they're celebrating their 10th year anniversary. So they want to do something special that was really bitter and really hopped. And when I first had it by this time, I'd already had other bitter beers that I was getting used to. And I just, I fell in love with it because it shocked. It shocked me big. Was it very special pale? Very special pale. Yeah. VSP. Thank you. Very special pale. Um, and it's a it's basically the an IPA before they had IPA yeah that one right there that that label yeah that or that uh, coaster, so uh, now they're calling it a golden ale but it was a mm. highly hopped very bitter pale ale, lots of piney bitterness that you you got used to with the west coast style IPAs, and I just fell in love with it and I bought six pack after six pack after six pack, and what was cool. Is they didn't just release this beer one time for their tenth anniversary? They released it like two years later. They kept releasing the beer, and it was still called their tenth anniversary beer. But they released it for like two years longer. And I just bought every every time at the store, I buy another six pack, and I just drink that beer uh, nonstop. I really loved it. So that was my first IPA. I'm using quotes because it wasn't called an IPA, but it was called a very special pale ale. How about you, my Chris? First
0: one. Uh, I can tell you my first one. Hated it. Uh, kind of like Jeff Seiler. Jeff Seiler said, I remember the first IPA that I liked. It was, it was, it was Founders Centennial IPA. Before that, I hated IPAs. Oh, wow. wow. Um, this is coming from the guy that loves IPAs now. Yeah, Jim Kudzall said, mine was Ballantine IPA at the Tasting Room of Narragansett Brewery in mm. Cranston, Rhode Island. The year was
1: 1974. Wow, I didn't even know they had IPAs in the States back then, Jim. Neither Jim, Jim, did Jim. I so come on, that's uh <laughs> Jim that's, Jim's uh, got us beat because he, he his here his craft beer journey was you know, basically twenty years before mine. Yeah. I mean that's that's good. That's great. Yeah, that's it, cool to see what mine was,
0: I have really no idea. Um I mean if I had to Dogfish s- shed, right? yeah you know what it probably would have been if i'm gonna look at a american ipa um i mean that's the funny thing i remember this i remember that transition from ipas are gross Mm -hmm. to these are starting to get pretty good Mm -hmm. and to oh ipa yeah if it's fresh i'll drink it um So it's kind of really cool to see that because we're talking about the taste and everything, kind of looking back, if I sorted um, my American IPAs and untapped, just kind of scrolling through 140 or 80 of them or whatever it is, um, just kind of looking at them and going, okay, well, you know, the uh, the Rustler IPA from Payette Brewing Company, you know, I've had that one. Did I send Um, that to
1: you or did you get that? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember uh, them getting out your way, but okay, good. Or when Sierra Nevada did their whole beer camp thing back mm-hmm. in 2016, oh, yeah. they had a, a beer camp tropical IPA, which I gave a four cap rating to. Um, the Sculpin stuff, all that stuff from Ballast Point that, that came out. Um, Fatheads in Ohio, they were probably some of my first first couple of you know ipas that i started liking um if i was to look at even bell's two hearted uh when i tried that first one in 2015 i still rated that a four cap rating um so i know that bell's two hearted especially for someone just kind of jumping into the whole beer world oh here they are they're starting to show up and they're starting to look familiar um (laughs) Those are some big beers, right, if you're jumping into something mm-hmm. like that. But things like um, Breck IPA from Breckenridge Brewing, which I don't think exists anymore. No, no, Breckenridge. Was it Breckenridge? Oh, no, it was was it Boulder Beer? Boulder yeah, Beer. Yeah, Boulder
1: Beer's gone, yeah, but Breckenridge which, is still
0: brewing. Yeah, I, I had their Moho IPA, Boulder Beer's Moho IPA, which I only rated three and a quarter caps, but it may not have been the freshest, so – um wobble ipa from two brothers yep that was actually it wobble ipa from two brothers brewing company uh which i think they're out of pennsylvania um this was one of the beers that my brother-in-law gave me he was like look if you don't like Mm. ipas just try this Mm -hmm. one um which he's the one that led me down the path of that whole i'm sorry two brothers is based out of warrenville illinois um Mm. but they're he's the guy that basically taught me the whole hey look if you don't like a specific style just keep trying the beers you'll find one that that you do like but that was that one in um long trail their limbo ipa which long trail i wish we got more of it here They're in new england uh new england based brewery but all kinds of different stuff i mean um and bill to answer your question uh, about Sierra Nevada, yes, yeah, Sierra Nevada. I mean, that's always a solid one, whether it's their um, mm-hmm. whether it's their pale ale. Uh, if you're trying to get someone into IPAs, give them a fresh one of those, and that's a good start, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, or their
1: um, what was the other one that they had? They had a mm, torpedo, yeah, they have a torpedo, but I don't think I would recommend that for someone. No, new. that's a, absolutely not, yeah, but. The pell L for sure, is it's Ooh. definitely one. But if you were – I don't know if, if Bill's asking, do we prefer Sierra Nevada or Arrogant Bastard. So it's Sierra Nevada or Stone. Mm-hmm. Stone's Arrogant Bastard is is a strong ale and it is one of my favorite beers still to this day. Yeah. Um, even though I've steered away from Stone in the last few years, uh, I still will go and, and buy an Arrogant Bastard beer and drink it just because – it was it was a it was a, an important time in my craft beer journey where i really appreciated that at that time that the brewery was coming out and being bold and saying hey this is a beer that's going to knock that's that's going to knock you on your butt if you aren't prepared for it and that's what i appreciated mm-hmm. and you know what that beer would knock you on your butt and I appreciated it. I really loved this beer, and I still enjoy this beer, even though I think the way the brewery is going is is up down, has been going down a wrong road. That's yeah, you know that's the management thing that I think they should have done some other stuff. But that beer oh. is still good. Yeah, he was trying to guess
0: if if one of those was my first IPA. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> probably Sierra Nevada, would, but it's a pale ale, so it's not really an IPA. Yeah. So and and my my beer journey specifically is so. I think it's nice because I had we uh, we went and had some um, we had to go talk with our bank uh, about um, just we were just checking over some finances and stuff with our business. And and the guy that I was dealing with, the business banker and the branch manager, he was we were talking about something and we got onto the topic of beer and he was like, yeah, I went to Publix and I grabbed two, six packs, one of this kind of beer and one of this kind of beer. And he goes, I hated them both. I (laughs) I took two sips out of the first can threw the whole thing away, did the same thing with the other one. And I said, well, what did you get? And he goes, well, I tried IPA, but IPA wasn't really good. And I was like, well, do you like like bitter and and citrusy and things like that? He goes, no, I kind of like more sweet stuff. I was like, Oh, okay. I said, well, look, if you ever want to go shopping for beer again, Mm. don't buy IPAs from a grocery store. Mm. Well, and we got into a whole conversation about why, why you're not, why you shouldn't. Um, But you know, kind of, I told him, I said, look, go into a brewery and tell them you're brand new into beer and they'll help you. And he goes, they'll help you. I said, yeah, they will help you. Tell them you're brand new into beer. You have no clue where to start. And you just, you want to try some good stuff. And he was like, They'll seriously help you. I'm like, you have no idea. If you have the right bartender in there,
1: that will make their day. <laughs> well, right? and of course, then you said, and listen to this podcast. This will help you along in your craft. has two of our cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to send you more cards then, right? <laughs> no, I, I still have a handful of them left. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, All right, Chris. You ready to continue on? Yep.
0: So um, experts believe that in our sense of taste, uh, experts believe that our sense of taste helped ancient humans choose what types of things were good to eat. Mm -hmm. To the human mind, a sweet taste translates to calories and energy, which is good for a hungry little hunter-gatherer. However, sour tastes may mean that food has become rancid or is potentially poisonous. Mm -hmm. Bitterness Bitterness in beer is not bad and actually provides a refreshing balance wouldn't beer be boring if it was just sugary sweet? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So perhaps enjoying an IPA does signify a taste, a state of advanced beer appreciation. Being able to sense not just the bitterness of an IPA, but the more nuanced contribution, the more nuanced contributions hops add to a beer, such as aroma and flavor happens over time. In a nutshell, beer drinkers are not pre-wired to like ipas you learn to like Mm. them so in a weird way it can be a craft beer badge of honor to order one
1: yeah and that's true that is true right um and i think this plays in part to a lot of people that go out with their friends their friends that are more you know more uh have a they're more versed with craft beer. They know what craft beer is. They're they're confident mm-hmm. when they go up and they order what they want. They go there and, and these people are ordering beers and, and then you're new to craft beer and you don't really know about the different styles. Then you're going to go and follow suit with whatever they're going to buy. And it looks good when they say, give me that double IPA or that, Hey, that yeah. triple IPA. I want that. Or that quadruple IPA, 15%. Yeah. Bring that to me. I want it. hmm and they're going to go and follow suit, even though they're going to not really appreciate it or enjoy it. They don't want to look like they're, you know, that that they're they don't know what they're doing, and they're less of a of a of a beer drinker because right. they don't understand the different styles. And again, that's one of the reasons why I I created this podcast is to help people not feel that way. Right? I want mm-hmm. we want to help people be confident and understand what they're getting into and they can go to a, a brewery or a pub and say, you know what? I really want to try this Saison. And you guess Mm -hmm. what? That Saison is nothing like an IPA. And if you like it, then good for you. Go order something that you're going to appreciate and not something that you feel like you have to, because you want to feel like you're not like, you know, a lower person that doesn't know anything about craft beer. Right.
0: I, I think one of the best questions that I think people can ask, especially just getting new into craft beer is not even a question, just a, Hey, this is what I'm normally drinking. Mm -hmm. You
1: have something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I, or like you said, this is what I'm drinking now. I want to branch out and try something a little bit more advanced. What can Mm -hmm. you help me with? And then they can drive you from whatever that is to something that might be slightly Different from what you're currently drinking, but similar enough that you don't feel like it's too much, right? That's the key, right? right? You, you want to advance in slow baby steps, not go from zero to 150, right? You, that's a big yeah. jump. Go small baby steps, and you'll enjoy that journey a lot better. Yeah, certainly. Get yourself a beer friend. And if you don't have any beer <laughs> exactly, friends, yeah. give me a call. Yeah. All right, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and read the, this next section plus, uh, you know, one or two paragraphs next and you can finish it out. Is that good? Got it. All right. Yep. Science. Yes, the art of science. Each drinker's personal taste is as unique as the fingerprints on their condensation covered glass. It's totally subjective. What one may like about the flavor and IPA may be different from what another may or may not like about the style. I love IPAs, but do I love every IPA I try? Not necessarily. Science is certainly a major player in the IPA discussion, from hop variety development all the way to personal flavor perception. This is especially important now when IPA is not just a singular style. IPA is hazy, black, New England, Juicy, you know, there's all kinds of different, Brute, Cold, I mean, there's all kinds of different things going on. And each of those processes are done a little bit differently and will give you a different characteristic that you may or may not like in that IPA. I'm telling you right now, I'm almost done with this fancy papers. This is a beer that I think a lot of people that don't like IPAs could easily grab a, a pint of this, drink it, and realize, wow, IP, IPAs aren't that bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's It's got hoppy character where you get those flavors. It's got a decent malt base to it also, which is nice. It's almost like a pale ale. And I think that it's a good transition from more sweet lagers to more bitter IPAs mm-hmm. without going straight from one to the other. And that's... What the science is all about is that these processes do different things. Not all IPAs are the same. West Coasts are not New England IPAs. Brut is not a cold IPA, right? I mean, they're, they're different. They're a whole different beast, but they all have that IPA name because the processes are different. They're using different yeasts. They're diff- different biotransformations that are going mm-hmm. on with the yeast that they're using with the hops they're using and the temperatures and when they're, you know, when they're putting them into the whole process, it all plays into how that IPA is going to be defined and turn out. And so you can't just see IPA and say that IPA I don't like because there's a, now there's a wide window from a IPA that's more closer to you know, regular ales and then ones that are closer to the, the old school IPAs that people don't like. So there's a big transition between and and really the science defines, you know, how that that whole curve occurs. All right. So now there's some other interesting insights that I gathered from these articles I wanted to kind of spell out here. So I'll read a couple of these and then I'll let Chris finish us off. Other interesting insights. One of the reasons that IPA has gained favor seems obvious. More breweries, like the most ever, are making (laughs) them, offering them to consumers, and more consumers who come of age with an awareness of flavors that IPAs possess, uh, which which is flavors being one of them, uh, are the reasons for IPA's popularity. Though it wasn't long ago that America did not really have flavor. Now, this is going into the, the history of America with flavor. White, uh, bread was white. Coffee was only available in crystals. <laughs> Could you imagine? Mm. Sanko. Oh, yeah. Only having freeze-dried coffee? I mean, if 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 that was the case, that we still only had freeze-dried coffee, I would be hating coffee, right? I mean, yeah. I enjoy grinding my bean and, and brewing my coffee and having that bold flavor. Uh, mm-hmm. And crystals just don't give me that flavor I want. I mean, maybe Folgers does, but... You know, not for me. Uh, And beer was bland. And yeah, beer was bland back then, right? It didn't have a lot of stuff going on. It was made a certain way. Um, Over time, the United States has become more aware of flavors, and the country's craft beer is a part of our food identity. New beer drinkers are used to bold flavors. IPAs are bold. They're mysterious. They may be more prevalent than ever, but IPAs aren't status quo. While they still may be all those things to newcomers, to craft beer, to the everyday craft beer enthusiasts, the IPA is the old standby. It is also a safe pick when you don't know what else to choose. All right. I agree. It's
0: uh, it's funny, but in the adult schoolyard, known as a tap room, that's such a good analogy, <laughs> where your choice of beverage might seem scrutinized, a beer geek with a lack of confidence can order an IPA with confidence instead of shielding their voice when ordering a Hefeweizen. So the other, be- <laughs> the other beer geeks can't hear. You can't go wrong ordering an IPA in front of your buds. It shows you know about beer. It shows you're advanced from fizzy. You've advanced from yellow fizzy lager, and IPAs can represent an advanced knowledge of beer or a refined palate. But with caveat, IPAs are popular because
1: they're advanced, but not the most advanced. (laughs) Exactly, and that's a good point.
0: It is, but it
1: isn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. They, I, yeah, if you think about that, that they are advanced kind of beers, but...
1: Yeah, th- think of some of the sour beers that are being brewed now. Think of mm-hmm. some of the yeah. Belgian beers. I mean, Belgian beers go back for a long time before IPAs, yet some of those styles are very... I mean, maybe they're not advanced, but they seem advanced because yeah. the 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 flavors are so... Complex, complex and, so, yeah. and so wonderful. Even going back to our Kvike yeast uh, mm-hmm. topic that we talked about, those are those are farmhouse ales brewed from wild fermentation of this Kvike yeast, yet they're very complex and very advanced as far as flavor-wise compared to what we get in more cleaner beers, right? And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of – it's a good statement. I like that statement. Yeah, I do too
0: um ipa is not the pinnacle of craft status the best part about its popularity is that there are still things to experience to learn to appreciate about all beer mm-hmm. ipas represent a range of beers that are very obvious we are sensitive to bitterness and we recognize bold citrusy flavors it's like studying surrealism <laughs> <laughs> just I just went to the Dolly Museum the other yeah, day. Yeah, I know. Was, I left this in <laughs> for you. That's why I wanted you to read this part. Uh, this <laughs> style of art leaves no doubt about what the artist was trying to paint, but that's not the only style of art.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I thought this was, I, I almost cut this out, but then I thought, it does, it, it kind of makes sense, right? It's it's not it real. It's surreal. It's, you know, it's, y- you feel like you understand it, but you don't really understand it. hmm Yeah. And, it, and it's
0: and we'll finish it and' uh We'll finish the story with this last uh, couple of sentences. That IPA is surrealist art. Mm-hmm. The artist paints, and you see exactly what they want to express. Master your understanding of surrealist IPAs, and it will help you understand the more abstract styles and appreciate what they have to offer. Yeah, yeah. That right there, if you can take that. And uh, translate that, that into a lot of other beers. Um, my buddy Art Warcheck, who's the beer buyer at the uh, grocery store where I used to frequent mm-hmm. when I wanted to go grocery shopping, um, uh, he would always told me, uh, you know, I'd try beers. He'd be like, "Oh man, you got to try this one." And he'd pour me a little taster and be like, "Here, give this one a whirl." And I was like, "No, no, it's <laughs> not really good." He's like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, I it's just not it's just not kind of up my alley." And he said, "Well, look." here's what i want you to do he goes i want you to take another sip of the beer and he goes i want you to try to pick out the flavors in it don't try to take it and, and drink it and go okay it's good or bad try to just drink it let it sit on your tongue breathe a little bit mm-hmm. let it you know try to pick out that whether it's that that mango whether mm-hmm. it's that uh you know whether it's that um you know, what do we always call it? like the, the horse blankets? Yeah, the, um, you like know, the bread characteristics. It's like farm, right. um, you know, farmyard or yeah, barnyard
1: yeah. uh, characters, yeah.
0: Yeah, or, or you'd be like, see what flavors you can pick out. And, and that was a huge kind of transition of me just going from beer and going, oh, it's good or it's bad to, okay, what flavors can I pick out out of here? Like, for example, this coffee porter that I'm drinking, mm-hmm. it's exactly that, coffee and a porter. There's nothing special about it. It's good. I'll say that. Mm. There's nothing it, There's nothing in there where it's, it's got a cool name and cool label art, but it's not something where you're like, it's got this mm-hmm. and barrel-aged and this and vanilla and cinnamon and all that. It's, it's simple. It's beer-flavored beer. Flavored beer. Yeah. It's definitely coffee. There's definitely a little roast to it. And it's cool because you can pick out a lot of little flavors in there. There's chocolate in there. There's Mm -hmm. definitely some roastiness in there or just under being burnt flavors from that coffee, right? Yeah, So take your time and taste your beer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Well, that is why IPA is so popular. We just told you why it's popular. Why don't you give us feedback and tell us why it's so popular with you? Did some of these items, uh, you know, really resonate with you and you understand that, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Let us know. We'd love to read your, read your comments and questions and feedback on the show for our next episode. All right, Chris, now it is time for our new and noteworthy beers. And I'm going to go ahead. You just got done reading a a paragraph. I'll let, I'll go ahead and go through mine. I have, I think five, five beers. Mm -hmm. I had a good two weeks where I had a lot of good beers Um, I'm going to start off, I'll I'll go quick because we are, I want to kind of get this done in about an hour and a half. So we're right on track. We're there. We're right there. So Cascade Brewing out of Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Mm. Um, they make strictly like pretty much sour beers. And this is a beer that I've been, I've had in my fridge for quite a while because I got this for Easter from my wife. Mm. Uh, my wife likes to put together a little Easter beer basket for me for easter I, I really appreciate it so she that's the real easter bunny. yeah yeah so she <laughs> she put this in there but i've mentioned in the past that i have to really watch how you know what you know when i drink sours and 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 how it reacts with me because as i've gotten older my gut doesn't appreciate sour beers as much as i appreciate them mm-hmm. my mouth likes Great. them my gut not so much Mm. So I try to drink them when I know I haven't eaten anything, you know, when, when my whole system is in check, and I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. I'll go ahead and I'll pop it open and I'll drink it. And a couple of weeks ago was that time, mm. and this beer is called their Honey Ginger Lime. It's a fruited sour, and I gave this beer a five cap rating because wow. this hit everything that I love in a good quality sour. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm a huge fan of ginger. I love ginger. I'm a ginger freak. I like lime. Ginger lime is a good, you know, sour uh and uh I don't know, ginger's not really sour, but it's like a it's like a compliment, right? The the, the sour a, of the lime and the ginger heat yeah. kind of, you know, the spice spice, yeah, but into it. So What I wrote on untapped is, wow, the aroma is incredible. And the aroma was incredible. You could smell the ginger. You could smell the lime. It just, like, was in your face and, like, wow, I'm in heaven. Uh, Ginger and lime on the nose. Falls right into the flavor with a serious tart backing, but also enough sweetness to balance it out. Really enjoying this one. Uh, Five-cap rating. I I really, Mm. I mean, there was nothing about this beer that was uh, negative, And that's why I gave it a five. I didn't have any acidic burn. I had a serious tartness because that lime does, did give us a tart, but it, Mm -hmm. but the ginger, I think, mellowed it out. And it finished like a really, like it cut off that tartness right away. And it it just was a well-done beer. So definitely a five cap rating. So if you can get this beer, um, it's definitely a recommended beer from me.
0: I wonder if that ginger helped out with kind of, uh, processing it
1: maybe yeah because ginger is good for my system I, I do eat a lot of dry ginger like when i mm. know that i've i'm, I'm eating something that's going to maybe upset my stomach we have uh ginger cubes that i just go and pop and i'll just eat those ginger cubes and and it helps soothe my stomach so maybe you're right maybe the ginger does help with the, acid. but there was no acidicness to it right I didn't feel like I was my, – my enamel, my teeth was rotting off yeah. or anything. It was, <laughs> it was just really well done. I said. Okay. I'm going to jump down to uh, the Lumberbeard. I've talked about Lumberbeard Brewing before, and I had one of their beers. Uh, this one's a collaboration – let me open this up real quick. Uh, this is a collaboration with – oh, no, is it? Hold on. Let me open it up more. With uh, Whistle Punk Brewing. And this beer is called Lumber Punk, and it's a pilsner. Um, it's an Italian pilsner. So an Italian mm. pilsner, we talked about, and I don't remember which show it was, but we talked about the Italian pilsner. It's so basically a it's a hopped-up pilsner, I guess. I, I'm trying to remember the details on it. Now I can't remember. I know it had special yeast it used, um, highly attenuated, but yeah, I can't remember. But it's an Italian pilsner. Um, Very well done. I really enjoyed this beer. I gave it a four and a half cap rating. What I said is they nailed this beer. So refreshing, easy drinking, perfect for after that afternoon of yard work, which I just finished my yard work. I was hot and sweaty. I come in. I wanted a Pilsner. I grabbed a Pilsner. Man, this beer... The 16 ounce beer went down like in two seconds. I mean, I really <laughs> enjoyed this beer. It was very clean and refreshing, and hit everything I needed. So, Lumber Beard. The next one is from, and again, I had five, and all the rest are four and a half caps. So, these are all highly mm. rated in my book. I'm not. I had so many four and a half cap ratings, I had to talk about them all. So, this one is from Great ba- Great Basin Brewing out of Nevada. Uh, Crap, now i got to see where they're at. It's uh, Spark, <laughs> yeah, Sparks, Nevada. I thought it was Sparks, Sparks but I didn't want to say Sparks without knowing because then Mike Allen would be all over my ass about mm-hmm. not getting the Reno or uh, Nevada brewery right. I've heard gr- uh, great things about Great Basin Brewing, but they never have distributed here in the Boise area. Finally, I found one of their beers at the co-op, and I had to pick it up, and it was this fire-lit haze, hazy IPA, and it's a New England IPA, uh, the, the artwork on the can is very uh, vibrant, and and I, I love the artwork. It just kind of spoke to me also. I said, I've heard good things about Great Basin, and they are correct. Fantastic hazy IPA with big, juicy, tropical fruit flavors. Well done. Four and a half cap rating. And then I'll talk about uh, a revision brewing. We'll stay in Nevada. Revision out, out of uh, Reno, Nevada. Uh, we talk about their New England IPAs, but I – have left off the New England IPAs. And I only talk about their other beers. This is a, uh, an Imperial pastry stout. So we're going to the, uh, um, angry chair type, uh, stout Mm. thing, right? That they do. The pastry pastry stout. Stout. Yeah. Yeah. This is called coconut pie face, thick, rich chocolate with vanilla and a bit of toasted coconut. Another fantastic beer by revision four and a half cap rating. Um, the reason it's not a five, and I'll be honest with you, the reason it's not a five is that this beer was a bit expensive for a 16-ounce can. I think yeah. it was like either $6.50 or $7, which if I bought it at a brewery, you're going to pay that price, but you're paying that price because yeah. you're you are helping the brewery out, right? Mm-hmm. When you pay that price at a store, I know it's the middleman getting the price, right? It's all the distributor yeah. and every in the store, everyone has to get their little piece. And I thought that at six and a half or seven dollars, I can't remember exactly the price that that I enjoyed the beer, but I didn't think I've had other beers that had similar qualities that kept the price reasonable, right? And yeah. that's why I, I lowered the half the half percent or half cap. Just being honest with you guys. Mm. And then the Central Line, Big Basin, Leatherbeard. Oh, Should be your last one time. more. Oh shoot, I gotta go back. Sorry, <laughs> I, I thought I was in the right direction. Um, this is a brewery from Montana, and uh, my buddy Bob, uh, he, his son, uh, went to school in Montana, and he had gone and visited, and he visited this brewery, Map Map Brewery, Map Map Brewing. And he said, Man, the IPAs are great here. And I've heard good things about map brewing IPAs myself. And so he um, provided two oh, as I'm burping up IPAs. He provided two IPAs from Map Brewing uh, from me for me. And the one that got the four and a half cap rating was called Strange Cattle. It's a New England IPA. My first map of beer, thanks to my buddy Bob. Aroma is very pleasant with a bright hop character. Flavor is unique blends of tropical fruit flavors that are very nice. Mouth feels smooth with a full body and the bitterness is enough to balance it well. Four and a half cap rating. So Matt Brewing in Montana, if, if Montana would cut out their crappy distribution laws and Mm. stuff, I think they would be producing and getting out some really great beers out to the world, but because they can't get out of Montana, um, you have to go to Montana to get them. So luckily I have a mule that could go in, to and to it from and give me some of these beers. And those are my new and noteworthy. I tried to go fast, Chris, but you know, I had five beers. And I had to talk about them. So how about mountains, walking, mountains, walking there from Bozeman, go. Montana. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. <laughs> so, but
0: again, it's not distributed. It's from Tavor. Tavor. Yes. So. All right. So Chris, what are your new and noteworthy beers? So new and noteworthy for me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bounce around my list a little bit too, Denny. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the last one on my list was the Untitled Art um, out of Wisconsin, I believe, and Corporate Ladder right here in the Tampa area. They did a collaboration called Peaches Sour a La Mode. Now <laughs> Peaches, oh my god, that's one of my favorite flavors ever. So um, <laughs> this was actually given to me from uh, from our buddy Joel over at the Fermented Reality Beer Garden. Uh, I had to pick up some uh, some stuff from him the other day. And he goes, oh, hey, give this a shot, too. And it was not like a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Smoothie, like thick and juicy. It was definitely a little on the thicker side when it, when it uh, hit your tongue. But um, peaches, cinnamon, and not too crazy cinnamon. Definitely, um, excuse me, some graham cracker flavor in there. Just a nice, easy little on the sweet side, uh, but tart to balance it Mm. out, beer. Um, And whether it's from Corporate Ladder or Untitled Art, uh, those guys put out some pretty great beers. I gave that one a four-cap rating. Um, I have, yeah, that no longer exists in my beer (laughs) fridge anymore. (laughs) Um, And uh, beer from Three Bulls Tavern and Brewery. Uh, Mm. Three Bulls is a restaurant and brewery right down the street from our house. Um, that we visit, uh, pr- as frequently as I possibly want to, well, not as much as I'd like to, but as frequently as we possibly can, uh, Tracy and her husband, Jim, um, not only make some pretty amazing food, but Tracy is one hell of a brewer mm-hmm. and especially over the past few, uh, I guess past couple of years, you and I, Denny have talked a lot about beer flavored mm-hmm. beer. So, um, that girl can brew some great beer flavored beer they're all classic styles they're all um just like this one that i'm going to talk about is their foreign export stout and i pretty much go in there uh and i want to try anything new that she brews just because it's always good. Mm-hmm. Her cream ale is my, f- one of my favorite beers that they do. I've tried to talk her into selling me a six to yeah. She just won't do it. She can't. <laughs> um, and I get it, but you know, being able to get these beers and try them out and them being just right here in the back of our neighborhood is is terrific. But the foreign export stout, I, I didn't make any notes on it, you know, typical of me, but my, my notes that I remember in my head, was that it was a little on the dry side. It was definitely really roasty, but it was also very smooth all at the same time. So what did I have for dinner? I think I probably grabbed... They make this this cheeseburger that's ground up with brisket and bacon mm. and all kinds oh, of... It's really good. Um, and it was just a great, just simple beer to drink. I think it was clocking in around 4.5%. Nothing huge, just good beer flavored beer to enjoy with a meal uh gave this beer a four cap rating as well Um, if you guys get into the tampa Mm -hmm. area just east of tampa is where i live in an area called brandon Um, come out there and check out some of their stuff that they're doing because
1: tracy makes some great stuff yeah i think you posted a photo and i was surprised to see how big that that area that or the, mm-hmm. the brewery restaurant tap room is, I, uh, I always pictured it being a small venue when mm-hmm. you, we talked about it before and it, it looked like it was a pretty nice size place. So are, are they, I, are they staying busy? Are they able to keep things? They're staying very busy. Um, so
0: here in Florida, we just had our governor, um, just eliminate any restriction, any state of emergency as far as COVID goes. Um,
1: these guys. <laughs> Wait a minute. You guys and, are still above 3000 uh, cases a day, right? <laughs> look, I went into Publix today. I didn't have to wear a mask, so,
0: um, but the, um, you know, they have been busy even with COVID happening, mm-hmm. even now that the restrictions were getting a little lighter. And now that they've been completely lifted, they have been busy ever since Um and the, the place I, I'd have to imagine, Denny, if I compared it to, let's see, I'd have to say it's probably about the size of the training room that I have in our in our dog training facility. So oh, it's, wow, pretty probably, big. Yeah. it's probably in the eighteen hundred square, okay. square feet range, two thousand square feet range. If I had to take a wild guess, they can probably seat about 60 uh, sixty, seventy people okay. in there um and that, plenty of room to move that's around 60 and stuff 70 like that.
1: people now or even when things are like back to normal um that's back to normal okay. okay yeah so
0: i mean it's not huge but i think i mean they're in a in like a small shopping plaza Yeah, that's what you said uh, it
1: was, that's, that's why i always thought it was like a small little shop because you said it was a shopping plaza mm-hmm. but when i saw the photo it looked like it was you know an, a yep. nice size uh venue yeah yeah. They have a really cool place there. I, um,
0: you know, been fortunate enough to get to know them a little bit more, uh, as we've gone there, um, three Bulls brewery and tavern. Um, but it's, it's really cool because they get to just kind of do their own thing. Uh, Jim's family, um, his family is the founder of Beefo Brady's. I don't know if you guys have Beefo Brady's out your way. but We don't, but um, I've seen Beefo Brady's before. Yeah, so his family founded Beefo Brady's, and then he and his wife have uh, you know gone on to do their own thing here, uh, things like that. So let me uh, share a little screen with you so you can get an idea of what we're talking about. But uh, this right here, I guess, is off of their Facebook page come on internet you can do it <laughs> i should have just stayed here yeah, where what I was, the but, heck happened um but you know there's a a little bit of everything they they um you know actually in this picture right here i know it's a little hard to see this is the table where we were mm-hmm. sitting yeah probably one of the last yeah because you took a took
1: shot at. that was from that table that direction yeah uh-huh yeah so facing yeah. over here in this direction. yeah um but
0: yeah, so um it, they can probably hold looking at this picture, yeah, they could probably hold 60 to about okay, 80 people. Good, I I imagine yeah. yeah, I'd imagine their occupancy is a little on the bigger side, but uh oh yeah. Um but yeah, go check them out on Facebook too, guys. They uh <laughs> the they were in uh vacationing the other day um, watching a hammerhead yeah, shark. Yeah, I
1: was going to say it. Looks like a shark. <laughs>
0: Um, so Jim and Tracy were out vacationing, uh, in Anna Maria Island, watching this hammerhead shark. Um, they had this giant tarpon Mm. get, get chomped in half and then washed up on the, uh, on the shore, which was always unnerving considering I was at the beach today. Yeah. 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 I saw
1: you drinking some great notion on the beach. That's,
0: that's a nice beer. I,
1: I still haven't had great notion. It's only a state away from me. I know. And you know what? Again, the only reason I can do it is because of Tavor. Um, well, yeah. I, I could also do it if I went to Ontario, Oregon, which is just 45 minutes away. But I'm too lazy to drive all that way.
0: Look, look, it, look it's good, Denny. I have a couple. There's actually, there's actually um, in my cooler that I have here as the Great Motion. There's uh, what's one of those one? The double blueberry shake yeah. from them. Yeah. Right. I, and I'm sure it's going to be good. <laughs> This is if it wasn't dropped off at my door, I am not going out to just be like, "Oh, I'm going to drive two hours yeah, to go get yeah, this." No, yeah,
1: I'm
0: not. Um, even in my hey, let's go stand in line at six in the morning days.
1: No, yeah, no, I got you. I got you. No.
0: It's good, cool to experience, cool to drink, um, but uh, you know, it's it's fruit smoothies. Um, so four caps on the the foreign export style, and the last one I want to talk about. Is from Coppertail. Now, you and I had the opportunity to speak with um, Coppertail's COO, yeah. not Dr. Ken Fouch, not doctor. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? So, um, guys, we'll uh, put a link to the show right up here uh, if you want to check out that episode that we just did with uh, the Fermented Reality Brewcast, where we got to talk to the COO or Chief Operating Officer of Coppertail. Yeah. And um, we talked a little bit about this beer on that episode. Yeah. Free Dive. Yeah. It's their, it's their IPA, mm-hmm. right? Nothing crazy. It's their um, flagship IPA is one of their beers. And Denny, this was a beer that I tried when I first moved to the Tampa area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried it at a location right outside the convention center in Tampa. Uh, there's a little food bar area right outside. It's right on the water. It's pretty cool. Um, and I tried it and I went, okay, let's get some local stuff we're here now let's get some local beer and i said give me a free dive and you can tell they don't serve much ipa (laughs) right (laughs) and i i remember having it and going okay i mean it's okay Mm. it's not really good there megan and i went out to dinner a couple of nights ago to a local nearby restaurant called the shrimp boat and they had it there. It was very clearly fresh. Yeah. You can tell it was fresh. Yeah. And the way that, that Joel and Ken were talking about it on the show, they were like, Oh yeah, it's really good. You should you know, give it a shot, you know? And yeah, even Bill said free dive is great. <laughs> um, and man, I tried that and it disappeared before my dinner showed up. Mm. It was, it was just spectacular. It was just clean, but also citrusy, really easy to drink. Mm. No like harsh anything in there. I mean, it was just, it was so, so good. Um, and I went from having an original check-in of 3.25 yeah. to now up to a four. Okay, good. Um, good. So if you can get it fresh, it's great. If it's sitting in a keg for a couple yeah. of months, eh,
1: maybe not so much. So Yeah. Well, good. Good, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with Ken Fouch. Um, yeah, I was uh, I enjoyed the conversation and the, to learn about uh, the ins and outs of of managing a big a big brewery in mm-hmm. uh, in Florida and and the the news that they were able to secure the craft beer of the Tampa bay Buccaneers for five years absolutely that's uh yeah. that's incredible so i I really hope that they are uh, able to maximize that that connection uh with this mm-hmm. next year and and Tampa Tampa is now going to be able to get that stadium full Copper Tail is going to be pumping out beer and and get their name out and and, and make even more great beer because yeah. I've, I've heard good things yeah, about that- them
0: and that was really cool just to be able to have them kind of release that information to, to yeah, us. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know how, how open that was, but just kind of cool to, to be able to be kind of some of the first people to hear that and go, oh, no way. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, Raymond James stadium where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play is monstrous. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like the way that he put it and, you know, not to quote him and this is going to be paraphrasing, but just, you know the Bucks weren't happy with AB and yeah. stuff. Yeah, they want us or or, or <laughs> yeah, they they wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit. They were, they weren't thrilled. I I can't remember the exact way he put it, but they were just like, eh, they're all yeah. right. They, they supply they, us with beer and we sell it. Yeah, but.
1: they weren't doing anything to wow them and and make them excited right. about having that you know that beer. And and Coppertail was able to hopefully bring that excitement and and provide their client their patrons uh, a -hmm. better opportunity to to embrace the better beer, craft beer, and, Mm -hmm. and, and do something special instead of just, you know, bringing in some big stands of cans of whatever they were serving. Well, and there's,
0: there's definitely some, uh, some craft. And for those of you can't see me right (laughs) now, I just made the air quotes. There's there's some very crafty options here in the Tampa Bay area uh, that, definitely just a quick glance you could say hey yes they're a craft beer and they certainly are as far as the criteria goes um but they're i will say that they're not as quality mm-hmm. as Coppertail is yeah. um and even guys you you need to go and listen to this interview that we had uh with ken because just it made me like them even more yeah
1: yeah
0: it really did i already liked their product i already liked their tap room their food their merchandise all that stuff i liked all that stuff but what he told us just through that interview made me like them even more. Yeah.
1: No, it's a good interview. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. If you don't go and, uh, listen to all of our from in reality beer casts episodes, I'll put a link to this one to go listen to this one and enjoy the interview. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. it. A lot of fun. All right, Chris, well, you know what? Uh, we overstepped our one and a half hours, but we won't go over vi- that much over that. Nah, we'll be but good. before we close the show out, I always want to give a chance for you to raise a glass to some people you like to raise a glass to. So, who would you like to toast tonight? So, I'm sorry, I'm stealing
0: one no, of yours as well. It's a shared. It's I, shared. I, okay. It's definitely shared. I uh, want to raise a glass to uh, Mr. Jeff Seiler. Jeff, happy birthday to you. I believe that was yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and then two other people specifically. When this show releases, we are closing on a house. Yes. Wow. We are closing on a house. And my daughter is closing on a house the same day. You guys are like, No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So 11 a.m. We go and close on our house. Um, So I want to give a huge, huge thank you and big shout out to our realtor, Brian Fry. He... Not only very patient, but a very good friend of ours. Uh, so we were happy to be able to go on that that kind of process mm-hmm. with him in what is now what he likes to refer to as the wild west <laughs> of real, real estate. <laughs> um, and our home inspector, who we talked about a little earlier, Mr. Stephen Brown, for coming out, helping us out with our inspection because we bought a rather large home. Wow. And it took him quite a little bit to get through that. So, wow. Um, so we got a plantation uh, out there, huh? <laughs> Uh, we so we 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 got a house on one point two five acres. Uh, we have we have a thirty five hundred square foot home. Uh, wow, with a handful of bedrooms, handful of bathrooms, a all that good stuff. So we wanted to be able to get in there and go <laughs> spread out a little bit. Okay um so oh. we're really excited to get in there getting get closed but i couldn't have done it without those two guys and especially with steven being a good buddy of mine beer related friend you know being able to walk up to him and go hey as your friend mm-hmm. would you buy this house yeah. and he goes
1: yeah okay i would that's good all right that's good okay all right denny what about you who would you like to raise a glass well, to this well evening? first i'll raise what i can because i don't a little of death i uh-huh. i Wait, in a little of death. I don't want to mix my IPAs with my dark uh, ales or dark. Okay. So I'm drinking out of the can, which this is okay because it tastes, I think it tastes better in the can actually than it does in the glass. <laughs> but it's mm. got really good flavor. But I raised my can to our Patreon. Toast tonight is Mark Church out there by John at Trek? by Trek trek Brewing that place. (laughs) Uh, Mark Church. Thank you. You normally, he's online. I don't know if he's online tonight watching us, but uh, cheers to you, Mark. Thank you for your patronage. And then of Mm -hmm. course, Jeff Seiler. um, Yeah. His birthday was yesterday. I raised my can to you. Um, I also just want to say, man, it warms my heart when I see the interactions of our listeners that never knew each other before they came together Mm -hmm. with the show and yet they are connected through Facebook and, and Twitter and other media and they interact and they wish people happy birthdays and yeah. well wishes and everything. And, and yesterday, Eric Gronley, uh, I saw a post um, other people may have also done it, but I, I specifically saw Eric Gronley's, uh, post to Jeff Siler's uh, page that just wished him a happy birthday. And that just warms my heart because we're bringing people together that, May have never, ever come together before, but they are brought mm-hmm. together by the craft beer. So cheers to all you guys. Uh, thank you for uh, being great listeners and for interacting and and sharing your craft beer journeys with all of our listeners. We really appreciate that. And, of course, since you mentioned that you're closing on Thursday, I also want to raise my can to my daughter, Haley, who is signing and closing on her first house on Thursday as well. So cheers to you, That's Haley. That's awesome. Cheers, yeah. Haley. Now, not cheers sure to me because Friday I'm driving to Pocatello to move her from her apartment to her new house. <laughs> so I'm going to be yeah. dead when it comes time to record the show on Monday for the Fermented Reality Beercast. So don't expect much from me on that uh, recording. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll carry you along okay. if we need to. Okay. All right. And also, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my can. And thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope you all that are deployed can return safely home very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast out to our sponsor?
0: At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy. Always comfortable and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at Brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020
1: to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right, and you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show show, in the show notes located on the show post at TAPTHECRAFT.com. Good catch! <laughs> I'm so didn't, proud of I didn't. I didn't mess
0: it up this time. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the other
1: one right here.
0: <laughs> My mind the whole time I was
1: saying it was saying open oh, for radio, open oh, for radio. But mm-hmm. hey, it's okay. I I corrected. Uh, I made it. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose crew. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you?
0: You can hardly ever, if never, find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Mackenzie 82. I'm never there (laughs) uh, unless I get a a notification that says, hey, (laughs) so-and-so mentioned you. Uh, Or you can find me on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And, of course, guys, you can interact with us on everything social media. Everything's
1: at Tap the Craft. That's right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend, of course, Subscribe on whatever you listen to our podcast. I'm going to cut that out (laughs) because I think I I actually enjoy saying all these different services, but you know what the services are. You can find us everywhere. So just go ahead, subscribe, like, leave us a review. We appreciate it all. But we want you back every two weeks Um, because, as a reminder, we do release a new episode every two weeks. We're not a weekly show. We're a bi-weekly show. Now go out. But if you want us, yeah, go I was going to say,
0: if you want us to be a weekly show, go check out our friends at the Fermented <laughs> right. Reality Beer. That's guy. right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Got
1: that plug in there. Go ahead, son. <laughs> All right. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. 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 While they still may be all the things that newcomers to craft beer. I'm getting ahead another of myself. Sip. I need to finish this beer, but let me, let me finish this sentence and then I'll finish the beer. Okay.